and spectacular of all time. Welcome to WrestleMania. Welcome to the third edition, second published edition of the WrestleMania Justice League Recap Podcast. I'm Chris, manager of Calgary Weathermen, and this is my brother Peter, the manager of Jock's Traps. We'll get into the week three matchup recap, go over some top performances from the week, some disappointments, and then get into a little bit of talk about the elephant in the room, COVID, and how that has been impacting fantasy hockey, and uh, both you know, strategies for managing, managing your team throughout that, and then also maybe some some thoughts on league policy and how we can keep this from being just a shit show and uh, still allow some ability to roll with the punches and not just have your matchup sunk by an outbreak. Uh, Pete, do you want to get the recap rolling? Yeah, um, great intro. I would like to point out that uh, the Russell brothers are a combined 15 and 2 since the publishing of the uh, the episode. So I don't know if they're linked, but I think... Uh, you know, we've obviously got on a, a good start, good trend. So uh, I think we're compelled to just keep putting out episodes uh, if it, our teams are going to rally behind us. Absolutely. Um, so why don't we why don't we go to your matchup then? Nice little segue. So you uh, you're up against Ha Ha Ho. Calgary Weatherman came to six skater categories and uh, all three goalie categories. I can't tell if I'm frozen, but uh, Chris, what did you notice? So my internet connection is really solid here out in the Rockies. Um, I think I didn't miss anything you said, uh, but we might have to roll with the punches on uh, the quality of my free internet for my rent. uh, (laughs) Things that jumped out uh, about my matchup to me were somehow I got like the best goaltending I've gotten all season on the waiver wire. Um, I think I got really lucky there with, with Dubnik posting like a 970. Uh, save percentage yeah and um now that i say that i think i probably forgot to put him on my bench tonight Uh, (laughs) we'll see what happens um but yeah for that i think my team really showed up big um and uh like it came really down to the wire on a few few categories at one point i had the sweep going but uh peter put up a good sunday and almost caught me in assist passed me in power play points uh tied me in blocks and it came down to Cal Peterson versus versus Dubnik on the Sunday, uh, or no, Drieger on the Sunday. And I, uh, at your advice, benched Drieger, and I think that was really uh, saved my bacon. It would have been dicey otherwise. Yeah, um, pretty pretty sweet performance from Josh Anderson. I I remember Chris and I went to we went to Columbus to see him play a couple of years ago or I guess we were in Washington, saw Washington yeah. Columbus and was really impressed by his play. And I remember it was like you and I and our dad and you and I were just freaking out because like, Oh, like look at all the shots he's putting up. And my dad's like, you know, more trying to watch the game, but we're like, he's probably killing it and fancy. <laughs> to it. And then he kind of got sidelined with some injuries and stuff, but it's, it's cool to see him 
pan out four goals 13 shots 11 hits just this week for you um so alperkov uh really coming through as a true first round pick could be some good keeper potential for you um also on peter's side some interesting things that i saw i feel like connor garland's got to be in the talk for one of the pickups of the year like he's really been uh good for the surprisingly good coyotes team um so he had a goal for assist 12 shots in the in the matchup has 47 shots on the year so out of usually like arizona's where offense goes to die but they've a uh, little little spark there yeah and uh the one other interesting thing that i noticed i think it's more because uh peter and i have been in a bit of trade talks one of the weirdest stats of the year i think is jamie ben has zero hits on the year and last year he had like 170 i remember i traded for him because i was like oh i need some hitters but i don't know if he's just getting old or trying to take things easy this year but i just thought that was like super weird because usually the hitting is something that you can rely on like even if a player is not scoring they at least throw the body around so hopefully that changes gotta think uh he'll revert back to old ways i too noticed that with that uh, with ben again kicking tires uh peter came knocking on one of my players and i was like "Ooh, jamie ben and i looked at his stats and i was like oh i thought he hit so uh, it will be interesting to see how that that plays out. I think I think yeah. we hit it uh, pretty good on that matchup. Moving on to uh, the only other matchup that wasn't b- ridiculously close. Uh, Peter, you knocked off Jordan eight to one, um, which was really surprising yes. for me. No offense. Uh, I kind of <laughs> let you led post to post. Anything jump out to you or anything like that you wanted to talk about from your matchup? Um. I did, I did have a great week, um, especially on the skater front. And I think I was spared a little bit more on the COVID side than Jordan. I, I did lose some games, but they were, I think, early enough in the week where I could adapt to it. Um, and then Jordan kind of, he was close with me. And then losing um, Kudobin to an off-ice issue on Sunday meant that he didn't make minimum starts. And I think had Kudobin played even somewhat decently, um he probably would have taken the goalie categories he almost definitely would have because i was forced to grab um the stellar goaltending combo of martin jones and miko koskinen who combined for like 10 goals against i think in their two starts so i had a 429 goals against 865 save percentage but i i took those categories because uh because Jordan didn't meet minimum. So I think, I think that was what uh, turned this into a blowout rather than a relatively close matchup or a tie or something. Yeah. I, I think uh, it, it's really interesting how that can happen. Like uh, especially with Jordan, like kind of being kicked when he was down with Kudobin mysteriously missing some time there. Um, yeah. I know I can identify with the pain of losing your Colorado players um we'll see what happens to me this week but yeah definitely like he was impacted offensively there um no surprise i noticed the only category that jordan took away was power play points i think he stands a really good chance of running the table on that category this year like we'll be hard pressed to catch him ever um but some things i noticed was radko gudas like you know actually irrelevantly getting 27 or 25 hits um but like 
you picked him up and he just slayed it in, in two games, like, or three games, like nine hits, wait, no, 10 hits, nine hits, six hits in a row. Like also putting up blocks and shots at the same time. Um, you had 67 hits, which is crazy. Yeah. Three games. I was also noticing for you, Christian Dvorak was great. And then due to postpones and schedule, you had to drop him and now he's already been snapped up. So that kind of sucks. Sorry to see that happen. Uh, and then on, on Jordan's side, he still put up really solid offense from several guys. I think he just didn't get, uh, as you are saying, that offense from the Colorado players and didn't get the volume of, of player starts. He only had 36 starts. So that kind of all conspired. Um, but, you know, Svechnikov had a big week. Uh, Kyle Connor with three goals. And JT Miller, killing it. Stats across the board. If we were doing a traditional recap, I think this will be um, the matchup of the week, in my opinion. And that was uh, Ollie Ollie Oxenfree uh, winning 5-3 to three over Vitak. Um, in a very close matchup, kind of came down to the wire. Um, Charlie ended up winning five of the... All five of his points were in the skater categories. They tied power play points, and then Reese won all three goalie categories. But uh, this one was a pretty back-and-forth matchup. I know we were watching it a little bit on Sunday, um, seeing the comeback materialize. Yeah, I think Sunday was crazy watching that matchup. Um, Ashley had a big night in this in this week, too, against, against uh, Sheik, but... Like, I don't think I could have been prepared for seeing, like, the numbers that Charlie put up on a Sunday with only six player starts, five goals, nine assists, and three power play points, uh, 13 shots on goal, 12 hits. And he, like, swung some big stats. Like, him and him and Reese were had the same number of starts on a Sunday. It looked, you know, Reese was leading several categories, and, and Charlie just stole them away. Um, so... That's uh, you never know what's going to happen on a Sunday, and and that was pretty big. Like uh, Backstrom and Ovechkin combining for for seven points, Stahl putting up three points, and Dougie Hamilton putting up a couple, and even like Heiskanen and Zadorov chipping in. That was a a big swing. It was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, having those two capital players, like uh, if they have a big game, they, they can really stack up the points quickly. I know that's what I always loved having Kucherov and Stamkos together. It's like all you need is that power play just to click. Also yeah. point out too, though, that um, this is the one week where Edmonton only played two games. So I think Reese has reaped the benefits of McDavid's incredible season. And if you can't, you know, have him in his lineup all the time, it's going to uh, expose the rest of his roster a little bit. Totally. I think McDavid had as many goals last week as Reese's team had this week. Um, so that's a... That's pretty crazy. Uh, so when he's on and he's playing, like, <laughs> look out and, and you know, maybe cross your fingers and hope you see a, a low games play total for Edmonton when you see a Reese's team. Um, yeah, I think uh, the other thing is, like, shout out to, to Charlie being creative on the waiver wire, getting, you know, five goalies on his roster through this matchup. And it's just, like, something with, with the COVID situation where all of a sudden you have to scramble and pick up goalies you've never heard of and just get those starts in so he made a valiant effort yeah. and and nearly caught reese on uh a couple categories but yeah, that's something that's just going to continue to develop as the season goes on yeah i thought both managers made some good 
pickups. And I think it's kind of how some of these close matchups are going to have to play out. It's using up a lot of your moves to try to make up ground. Um, yeah, the Edinger pickup for Dallas on Sunday was actually almost um, brought the goaltending categories over to Charlie's side. So while yeah. Jordan suffered because of the Kudobin scratch, uh, Charlie profited kind of. Um, and yeah, the Jordan all pickup was awesome for the Sunday production. And, he, and even um, Hampus Lindholm chipping in with two assists. Uh, you know, those those little um, stats can uh, add up and, and make the difference. Totally. All right, uh, onward and upward. Uh, I'm going to take it over to the closest matchup of the week, a classic no-one-wins tie between Golden Dwight's and the Happy Toes gang. I keep wanting to say Happy Tays gang. That's going to take me a little bit. Um, a, a combination of incredible team names and hilarious photos here. Pete, what jumps out at you from this matchup? Um, okay, I got to talk about James Van Riemsdyk just lighting it up for Philly. Um, he's been awesome, especially they've kind of uh, been floundering a bit with um, uh, Couturier being hurt. So to see him kind of have a resurgence is happy for me as a Flyers fan, but I've always kind of liked him as a player. He had some good years in Toronto too. I think he was a waiver wire pickup um, by Matt was uh yeah pretty pretty sweet um line and and matthews combining for seven goals like he has some deadly snipers um bit of drama unfolding with line chris i don't know how up to date you are but he got benched in his last uh last game so we'll see how him and tortorella get on but the point is while um line is on the ice he's gonna produce and it's good to have him back for golden dwight's um over to Tim's side, got to talk about uh, Pasternak and Jeff Petrie. Right now, uh, Petrie's the eighth-ranked player in fantasy, and he's just been incredible in all categories. And uh, I think the scoring is, like, he's always been pretty good for hits and blocks and shots, but the scoring's really kind of taken an extra jump. And so that's uh, looking like a great draft pick for, for Tim and I think he's at at this time probably the most valuable defenseman in fantasy, which would have been crazy to say a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Pasternak coming back in some serious style. Uh, I really liked the chance to play Tim with Pasternak on IR. That was awesome. Um, delight <laughs> in that. I, I have to like just pull my hair out a little bit of like having Petrie at the top of my queue and Tim pick, taking him the pick before me and seeing that is just, you know, it was a good pick and he's done great. Um, I was noticing that I think I had Philip Fordberg and Jeff Petrie both on my team last year and they're crushing it <laughs> this year. So, uh, so a really big week uh, from Philip Forsberg. I feel like he's always kind of been like regarded as a top player, but never quite produced at that level. And uh, so that's some good production to see. And I think his ceiling is still way high. Um, Matthew Kachuk had a really big week for, uh, for the Golden Dwights and he like just produces across the board. It's pretty sick to have a guy who can get 10 hits and two goals in a week. Um, and I, I have to touch on my boys, Columbus. Like I love John Tortorella. Like I think he's hilarious. I love his antics. I think he's a good coach, but he just like is a really good at like ruining star players or like just 
I don't know what it is. Um, so like, that's really frustrating to see. And like, we'll have to see that develop. Um, I also think that Matt picked up Jack Roslovic today. I think it was him or yesterday. Somebody picked him up. And like, that's really interesting for me to watch just to see yeah. like the least talked about player in that trade, getting a point per game since the trade and getting tons of minutes. I think I saw some, some graph and I think he's seen minutes with every single winger on the blue jackets. Um, so they're really <laughs> throwing him into every situation yeah. and because they have really no other options aside from Texier at center. So uh, that's like just their team is a bit of a mess right now. And you got to put line a on the ice. He's your best player by a mile. So I don't care what yeah. his attitude is. I, I was impressed by him. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, I also noticed that Shesterkin, the hype was big. Uh, yeah. Matt went early on him in the draft and two wins, 151 goals against average, 949 save percentage. Um, and, and that really, that won Matt three categories right there. Uh, so that's a big pick. And like, he could be the guy there. Um, the Rangers are a bit of a mess sometimes, but I think if they can get their act together, like that's going to be a, a perennial keeper perhaps. Yeah. It's just starting good to see him pan out a bit of a risky pick or there's a small sample size with him, but got to, got to like what he, what he did in this matchup. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, where haven't we gone? Let's uh, go to Newlanders Ninjas and the Rubber Duckies. I had that queued up. So look at that in sync. Well, I guess as we recap more, there's going to be less left. So this all makes sense. The score was uh, five to four for the Rubber Duckies. Um, pretty close matchup, uh, only separated by one goal, two assists, two power play points, 10 shots, three hits, six blocks. So um, while all those categories were closed, the rubber duckies managed to take five of the six. So maybe a couple extra games played here and there could have, uh, really made the difference in, in taking those categories or a couple less postponements, however you want to look at that. But, um, yeah, good, uh, good matchup win from Daniel. Um, definitely carried by Mitch Marner, uh, goal and five assists. Uh, he's really clicking with Matthews and the, this could be the year for the Leafs. Who knows? But uh, yeah. Any, anything you saw, Chris? Aside from uh, Tarasenko on Peter Taylor's team and Marner on uh, <laughs> Daniel's team, uh, hard not to regret that trade every time Marner goes off. But um, yeah, I think like for, for Scott, great to see him not get absolutely obliterated by loss of starts. <laughs> he still only had 38 starts but uh he had a really good or 39 starts but had a really good showing and uh actually if i'm scott i have to feel like ah like left a little bit on the table here um he had a good good showing from a lot of his good players uh petterson with three points braden point with three points good to see petterson going for him um nylander like the best thing that ever happened william nylander was being named after like scott naming his team after him he's been crushing it um really impressed with his play this year and uh and hellebuck coming in big and keeping scott from uh from losing too many categories uh on the other side uh, i think just like a really balanced attack from daniel's team like no one really went off crazy aside from marner but 
Um, he, uh, he put up really good numbers across the board and, and managed to just, as you were saying, just squeak out the, the goals, assists, shots, hits, and blocks. Like that, that's got to feel good on Daniel's end. Um, those tight races. And I think in a normal week, this would be the closest matchup by a wide margin, but there was a lot of big battles. So, um, Daniel pulled it off pretty well on this one. I, I've got to admit this one, I was, uh, kind of kicking myself for dropping Bobrovsky. I, I thought I could get away with having him take a break on the waiver wire, but Scott dropped 10 bucks and I was like, Oh man. But then to see him, uh, let in like six goals against Nashville made that decision a little, little easier for me. Um, I've given up hope, but, uh, Scotty hasn't. And actually as, as I say that, uh, Bobrovsky has a 938 save percentage against Detroit. So maybe it was just, uh, you know, one game to get his feet wet. And now that he's bought into the Nylanders Ninja's philosophy, it's going to be uh, smooth sailing for, for Bobrovsky. But um, yeah, fortunate that Daniel's goalies didn't, didn't have a great week. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm uh, good for this matchup. Um. The only thing I have to say is, like, it was funny. You, me, and Scott had a little Facebook messenger chat going throughout this week. And uh, we were kind of talking about goalie starts. And, and Scott said something to me, like, oh, you're only rocking one goalie. And I'm like, yeah, Grubauer is going to – like, they played four times. He's got three starts guaranteed. And I got the one start. And then it was just funny to watch. Then you drop Bobrovsky. I pick up Drieger. Uh, and just kind of, like, some funny interplay there. Again, like, just a weird, a weird world in the COVID era. And also, like – you never know uh, what Sergey you're going to get. You're going to get the Vesna trophy or you're going to get the space <laughs> cadet. And so uh, we'll see what, what happens. I think he's worth taking a risk on at this point. Yeah, definitely a bit of a carousel. I was in the same boat with Varlamov. I thought I had three starts of, out of him and then two of his games get canceled and you're just scraping the bottom of the waiver wire trying to find a warm body to put in that. So if you can do it with fewer goalies and try to focus on skaters, that's one thing, but I think you're really leaving yourself exposed only having one or two goalies because those starts you think you might have could disappear. Definitely. Uh, Shout out to my daughter screaming in the background. Sorry about that guys. Um, I think we can, uh, we can keep rolling. I guess, I guess it's my turn here. So um, I'll take it over to greasy grinders and chic. Now, again, a surprising result. Like, uh, David's been crushing it this year, like, absolutely killing it. And uh, Ashley had had mixed results, and uh, she had a solid win. Um, some really strong goaltending is the first thing I see from Ashley. Um, what, what do you see in this matchup, Pete? Why did it work out this way for uh, Ashley to get the win? Well, big performance from Jonathan Huberto. It's funny to look at his weekly stats and see three goals, two assists, two power play points, but that was all from one game. So he kind of uh, condensed all his production, but uh, that was a big, uh, big showing from Ashley's keeper player and and also good um, offensive performances from Rajlov, Besser, um, Jimmy Stutzle picking it up. Um, I don't know if you heard that story, but apparently um, Brady Kachuk just started calling Tim Stutzle Jimmy, and it's like stuck, <laughs> so they all call him Jimmy. I feel like that's that's like no, your name is Jimmy now. So 
Uh, he, he's waking up, though. Two goals, two assists, and uh, plenty of opportunity on the Senators. I feel like if he keeps producing, there's no reason why they can't just keep giving him more more ice time. Um, yeah. Pretty pretty good goaltending battle. Um, we mentioned she has some really strong goalies, and he was able to get the wins, but just wasn't there on the percentages. And uh, really, really good week from Jake Allen, who's uh, looking very comfortable in the Montreal net, actually outplaying Carey Price right now. So that pickup has been really good for Ashley. I think winning those two categories gave her the win in this matchup. So if uh, Montreal keeps giving Jake Allen starts, he keeps playing well, that he's going to be a a strong fantasy uh, piece for the year. Yeah, like you speak about it being maybe Toronto's year. I'm also thinking it could easily be Montreal's year. Um, and I also have to say, like, Jake Allen might be the most frustrating player to coach in the NHL because I feel like his whole career, it's been like, whoa, he could be really good every time he's a backup. And then every time he's starting, like, got the job in St. Louis, he sucked. So um, maybe he just needs that pressure and that competition. And in a season with a lot of split roles, like, this might be the perfect time for him to excel. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, I also was noticing that like Ashley won uh, all the scoring stats with like probably her top scoring player, like Jack Hughes, who really went off at the start of the season, not playing at all. Um, So that's big for her. And I still get like a little worried for the future years when I see Hughes, Lafreniere and Stutzley on the same team. Yeah, she also like a little uh, uncharacter- uncharacteristically won the scoring categories and lost the hitting and blocking categories, which you don't often see. But I think uh, losing Ristolainen, who we had praised last week, is a big, uh, big loss. Um, kind of the Sabres are dealing with COVID right now. Yeah, definitely. And like, to be honest, like, you know, David got those by the skin of his teeth. One hit and two blocks is the margin he won by. Um, and you know, he, he made up that blocks margin, uh, on Sunday. So again, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, I think like the other thing I noticed was just, uh, my computer just froze for a second here. I'm really technologically advanced over here at the justice league studios. Um, I think like one of the big differences here (laughs) is that, uh, I think like David just didn't get anyone to really go off and that, you know, he lost by two goals and four assists and Shifley had four points and Marshawn had four points, but you kind of expect that. And so I think without a standout performance, that's really what the margin of difference was. Um, and on the other side, Jake Allen with his standout performance was the margin of difference. So if you don't have someone go off, you're, you're in hot water, I think. Um, but really balanced attack from David. And I think he's got no worries. Like it wasn't a flash in the pan. His, his roster looks solid and, and good to see yeah. Ashley upset a giant at this point in the season. Yeah, nobody is safe. Um, I think we only have one more left. Um, I can uh, start it off. The uh, As good as gold um, took a 5-3 win over Amplification. Um, they split the skater categories, or Ian won uh, three, three of the six and then they tied in power play points um but then also i think what uh won this matchup for kyle was his goalies finally uh, showing and they up big for him five wins 161 goals against 934 save percentage and um yeah so 
I think we had we had predicted that uh, Kyle's goalies would kind of round into form, and you can see it here. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I see this week as Kyle being kind of like, I knew this was coming. At a certain point, like, it's just going to pan out. He's got really solid goalies, and uh, once they get the starts in, you know, we get the probability that the number of games go by, like, they're going to be really hard to play against every week. Um, and, you know, we talked a lot about Jake Allen last week or for Ashley in the last matchup. And uh, on the other side, as he does well, Carey Price has kind of floundered. Um, so hopefully that turns around for, for Ian. Uh, that's a big keeper, and he's been one of the best goalies in the league for a long time. So uh, hopefully he wakes up. Kind of, he's got a great team in front of him, so he should have no problem getting the wins. But uh, stopping the pucks is a bit of a different matter this year. The other thing was just like uh, Kyle's had a hard time with with the scoring this year, which has been a little surprising for me. Obviously, Drysaddle's gone off, but he's had no problem throwing bodies, and he's done pretty well in the blocks department too. So I think. If, if those offensive guys can all click at the same time, he's got the bodies to have a really solid team across the board there. Um, but this week, aside from Patrick Kane going ballistic, like he just didn't quite get the production you might expect from his roster. Um, so that'll be interesting. Otherwise, Mike Hoffman with 15 shots on goal, he might be starting to fit into that that St. Louis offense and getting the looks. And I think if they can get the puck to him, they got some good playmakers and he, he could be the guy sniper wise until Tarasenko kind of returns to form. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. I think it's very fitting that a team led by dry struggles with um, secondary scoring because stars <laughs> uh, seem to get it done for Kyle, but needs, uh, needs someone else to, to help out. Um, it is pretty crazy too to see what Patrick Kane's done this year with um, Taves being hurt, and I, I always like look at some of the like box scores and like who's assisting on his goals or who he's assisting on, and like half these guys I've never heard of. So for him yeah. to keep getting it done despite Chicago kind of crumbling around him uh, is pretty pretty cool to see. I guess he he did lose Olafson for the week for COVID. Right. Um, lost a game from Kadri. Kaprizov did. We'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. Hopefully these teams get back to playing. Yeah. Um, so that's all the, the matchups for, for this week. But I think, you know, it, it was hard to do any kind of recap without talking about COVID and how that was the difference for some people. Like, you know, that prevented a start from a, a crucial piece or really messed up goalie starts. Like, it'll be kind of crazy to see it feels like it's getting worse rather than getting better. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle said today in the, the group chat, like maybe they'll start thinking of bubbling and uh, you, you got to wonder, like it's, it's, it's not like isolated incidents. It's over and over again. And, and I think the, the troubling thing we're seeing is transmission through games, like very consistently, you know, team X plays team Y team X goes down with COVID team Y goes plays another two games and all of a sudden they're down with COVID and it's kind of, yeah. it's really likely, I think, that it becomes a domino effect. So I, I'm praying the season keeps going and they can keep it like rolling. But I, you got to think that the brass at the NHL are going to be like looking at 
at changing the organization of things. Like they can't continue this way. Yeah, I think I think that's something to watch for. Is if a team has one or two positives, like abandon ship or like make make plans around that team potentially being out for a week. Like there's uh, some warning signs that we're seeing with one or two positive tests, and we all know that it can spread. So um, I know, like for me, like trying to think of players to pick up, I just have to like comb through their schedule and be like, who are they playing? Like do I really want to go against like, you know, Colorado this weekend? Like, are they even going to be playing? So I, I think it's something you gotta, you gotta watch. And yeah, if you see that like first positive test, know that like they're on the, the caution list, I guess, for pickups or starts. Yeah. And I feel like I failed to act on this while it was still just kind of bubbling in my mind, but I'm really like trying to get some more Canadian players. Like, it's wild to see the difference <laughs> the border makes. And I think it's wise that there there's regional divisions and you can see like, if you got Canadian keepers, like they're pretty solid. Like I'm going to be Quinn Hughes. doesn't seem like he's going to be missing any games. Um, and, and on the other hand, like having Barkov and, and some Florida players, I'm kind of like, I don't know how, uh, how reliable that's going to be. Yeah. I feel like consistency is going to end up being one of the most valuable traits for your fantasy team or fantasy players is like just knowing that they're going to play all the games that they're scheduled to play will end up being like super important or like, you know, you're relying on these guys to put up production for you. Um, definitely. I feel like it, there's going to be a point where it's just like, I need a warm body. <laughs> so um, there, I, I definitely felt that way in the crease this week, uh, getting the right amount of goalie starts. Whereas like who's fucking playing, like I'm going to add them. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I just, I, I don't, I can't just forfeit this. Um, I think moving into to like beyond just our team strategies and thinking about uh, league strategy, I, I, Scott said earlier this week or earlier this year, and I disagreed, but I have to, to walk back and say, I think same day player ads would, would be a big game changer. Um, because we're having same day, same day game cancellations. It is um, frustrating, I think, seeing like games get canceled, like you're saying, like the day of. So you, you know, you you come in for the day thinking, okay, I'm gonna have you know my goalie start today, or I'm gonna have my top power play guys playing today, and then to lose those games really hurts. I think it, it, if we end up doing that, there's, it'll, I think it'll have a bigger impact than people might realize. I play in two leagues and one of them has same day ads and one of them has the next day ads or, or this league has the next day ads. And, and there's pros and cons to it. I think like um, sometimes it's frustrating because when you add and drop players, it kind of treats it the same way when you like edit your lineup. So if a player's already played that day and it's same day ads, you can't drop them until the next day. So there's sometimes where like a player will get hurt just play really poorly and I'm like yeah. want to do like a spike drop to send a message and, and you can't do that I also take comfort in like looking at the team I'm going to be playing against like you can you can do some sneaky stuff with the same day ads where you're down by a block let's say on a Sunday and there's one game left like that decision seems a lot easier to add a, a blocking guy if you know that that if you can make that ad like seconds before puck drop but i was on the other side of it this week with trying to figure out my goalie starts like i had no idea who was going to start one day out 
So I just kind of had to guess and I kind of went with very bad goalies who play somewhat regularly and that kind of for me. That's a really good point. I hadn't considered like kind of that like spite, not spite, but like a sneaky ad of like game about to happen and you add on Sunday. Like that is, uh, that that's like, that would be hard for me to stomach. Um, I think the nice thing is I feel like no, like Scott maybe got a little more affected than everyone, but like overall, I think we're all going to get hit. Like I'm probably not going to have McKinnon all week and basically all last week. Um, I think like we're all going to feel it. I don't think anyone's too heavily Canadian weighted, um, but it would, it, it is kind of powerless and frustrating to feel like either a you're in a competitive matchup and then all of a sudden your competitor sucks because they lost all their good players or B like you've lost a guy you can't drop and you can't respond in time to get your games played. So I think that can be frustrating feel like, I can't play. If the cancellations really get out of control and people are struggling to fight for starts, I think the waiver wire could get really interesting in terms of maybe a limited amount of players that are actually playing available, so a bit more competition. But I think you could see better players getting dropped that wouldn't normally get dropped in a normal season. So maybe the waiver wire will be a bit diluted because everyone's in the same boat or like, oh, this player got dropped. I really want him. But like, can I afford to just have him not do anything for me for two weeks? So, yeah, you know, if it continues to get bad, like, yes, there will be some luck involved. But I think we, we're all in the same boat and we all have to manage it. So this season is going to look different. And, you know, even normal years, I think there's been some good players dropped because of tricky or scheduled situations where you need an extra game so maybe that's just how how it unfolds this year yeah i think the other thing i'm just thinking of now that's going to be very interesting is as we go on in the season and wins become more valuable people will be dropping better and better players um and it makes me really thankful that we we switched to the like the bid uh system and it'll be really crazy to see you know who stockpiled their pennies for for the end of the season and like uh I feel like that there's just a little bit more strategy there, which I enjoy uh, compared to like me, my strategy for the last like six years, which has been add no one on waivers ever. Cause <laughs> Dougie Hamilton got dropped and then I got him. And then like, obviously yeah. that was like a hockey move. Like they needed to drop the weight. You had too many guys injured. Like I understand, but like you, you cross your fingers and wait. And that's not really like, again, like I wasn't really taking advantage of waiver players. So I've already made a couple waiver claims or attempts. Uh, this year and that's been kind of fun um reese i see with boone jenner if you drop him i'm picking him up um yeah but yeah i think like uh i'll be interested to hear what people have to say and and like i'm down to get creative as we navigate this like weird world that we're still living in um i think too like yeah the the budget is nice because i would say it allows you to quantify how much you want a player because I, I've been with you there before in the past where it's like, this guy's good and I want him, but like, do I number one waiver claim want him? Yeah. So now it's like, okay, like five bucks. Yeah, sure. I, I could do that. So yeah, I think maybe that'll come into play more this year. And I think the other nice thing is if you drop a player you really like, you can like pay to get him back. Like that there is that flexibility. Um, where if you want to get them back, you, you can. I mean, maybe someone outbids you or maybe you've run out of money, but, um, you, you know, you have that that flexibility at least where 
normally with the waiver priority, you might not even get another crack at picking up a top guy. So yeah, I think whatever changes we agree on, like, I guess it's nice to know that we're all navigating it together and, and the cancellations, like, I guess, other than the Canadian teams and hope knock on wood that doesn't come up North, but I feel like, you know, the teams I thought were safer than like more Northern teams, like they're still getting impacted or their opponent is, and then they catch in the game or their game gets canceled. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, it'll be crazy to see. And as you said, we're all in the same boat together. So, um, it's going to even out. I think basically everybody's had some major postponements and if they haven't, it's coming up this week or next. Um, so it's fun to, to get into this and I apologize for the internet quality. Um, but I'm actually uh, on deck for daddy duty. So I got to end this call. Um, but good luck this week. Hopefully uh, the, the podcast luck continues and uh, <laughs> any closing remarks, dear brother. Yeah, well, I notice I'm up 8-1 right now, so there must be something going well with my one goal and two assists. (laughs) I haven't looked at this week, so your lack of mentioning it for me is ominous. Where am I? You're up 4-3. But yeah, thanks for uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll be hopefully back next week for another episode of WrestleMania. So uh, keep your stick on the ice, and uh, good luck in your matchups. All right. Over and out.